Welcome to yet another delightful episode presented by Parrot Gaming Productions. We're currently sitting on episode 23, and I am Bambi, your delightful host, filled with joy and excitement to present to you something entertaining. That's not at all how you're supposed to do it, but we're keeping it. <laughs> Because I'm a one-take Johnny. <laughs> that's what you're getting from me. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's, you heard it, ladies and gentlemen. That is the best that she is going to give us. <laughs> so, yes, as always, this is Parrot Gaming Productions. My name is Bambi, a.k.a. Jared. And this week, I'm going to run a little bit of a different podcast for you guys. Um, there's not much that's been going on in, uh, in the ever-evolving world that is video games. And so I thought that we'd take a slight break, a small little deviation to try something a little new. We actually did this not too long ago. Uh, we got Tara back on another one of our episodes. She learned about Fortnite. She learned about E.T. Yes, those are video games. And yes, this is technically a video gaming channel. However, I thought we'd take things a little bit differently and kind of make an adjustment on a very loose interpretation of a video game. Tara, now I gotta ask you: Have you ever heard of the video game NFL Blitz? Yes, I've, so, I've played a couple of times myself. Absolutely perfect. So the uh, I I know that we were talking actually about this earlier, where we were just kind of uh, you know having one of our daily conversations that we have. We had talked about the XFL, right? Yes, and it it was Chinese to me. <laughs> So the XFL is what I interpret as Vince McMahon's way of trying to bring NFL Blitz into reality. And so today I'm going to teach Tara about the XFL. Yeah. Are you ready? Knowledge. Yes, exactly. Yay, knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to – so that's the podcast. Uh, I hope you guys actually like this. I might start doing some things that are a little bit different, you know, each each and every week because sometimes video gaming is very hard to get to get into. So here we go, XFL. Let's jump into it. So the XFL actually stands for the Extreme Football League, and it was the brainchild of the entrepreneur that is Vince McMahon and the TV company NBC. You know who Vince McMahon actually is? Oh, I know the name. He was—he's an announcer, or had been an announcer, right? Wow, you're wow, you're like super old school on that. He is actually the CEO of the World Wrestling Entertainment, or what was referred to as the WWF, not too long ago. Okay, now see, I was never a follower of the wrestling stuff. Um, when people ask me, I remember people like Hulk. <laughs> Hulk Hogan and, and and fucking oh the British Bulldog. <laughs> oh wow, you are dating the shit out of yourself. You oh know. yeah, my age is peeking through. <laughs> oh fuck. hello, hello, Walkers and Canes, here we come. Um, <laughs> don't put me in the nursing home yet. <laughs> <laughs> so Vince McMahon. If you've ever watched a lot of the, you probably haven't watched any newer, uh, the newer, uh, the newer WWE as it's called now, or what was the WWF? Vince McMahon, basically, he was the CEO. He's the main dude uh, that was behind the WWF or the WWE, which I actually watched a couple documentaries on. That would be another awesome deep dive to do on because it's it's got so much craziness and awesomeness that is part of it. But Vince McMahon, uh, he wanted to build the XFL. The XFL was supposed to be a no holds barred NFL Blitz style video game. Uh, like with it, you know, for people that don't know, NFL Blitz was a very popular arcade game that was out for quite a while, where you could pull pile drivers. It, it was just all out madness, you know. Uh, there was less rules with even more violence to be had, and the XFL thought that the NFL was basically soft. And they were trying to bring their signature WWF at that time, now WWE style, to play uh, with the beautifully choreographed violence that is usually the squared circle. And when I say the squared circle, I'm just talking about wrestling. That's what a lot of people who 
are very interested in in the WWE call it the squared circle. Oh. So if I ever mention that, that's what I'm talking about. All right. Good to know. So the initial. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of intricacies that you'll find out that go back and forth between everything here. So the initial driving force that was actually behind the XFL was a lot of was a lot like uh, what it was with all the other failed football leagues that have been that have come out there to keep football going after the NFL. When the Super Bowl ends, there's always a decent amount of time for the players and for the fans. I'd like to sit out and wait for, you know, the 16 glorious weeks that are football to start back up and entertain us again like nobody's business. The XFL really wanted to capitalize on that downtime with a league of their own. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, but the AA, the AFL, or the AAFL, that recent one that uh, kind of dissolved not too long ago, did you maybe hear anything about that or remember reading about that? Mm, reading about it, no. Uh, my aunt is super interested in some of it, so I'm sure I may have heard it in passing and just kind of let it float in one ear and out the other. Yeah, the A uh, the AAFL was tried for like uh, I think they only lasted like four or five weeks, but they were trying to do the same thing. They were trying to capitalize on the play after that, and then literally like after they dissolved. The XFL came out and was like, "Hey, we're we're going to be a thing now." Um, so they they definitely have been trying to capitalize and do that. Uh, one of the things that the NFL, the XFL, actually had, uh, they had a lot of ideas to actually improve the viewership and keep the fans, both of the NFL and the WWE, entertained. Um, oh, oh shit! I lost my place here. My glasses are all jacked up. I'm sorry. Uh, so with the many with many of the things that they tried to keep people entertained with with the WWE style things was that there was going to be you know less rules to encourage bigger and bolder hits you know aka more violence and little skits. One of the popular skits that was actually pretty insane was like a cameraman walking into the cheerleaders' dressing room while they were quote air quotes here getting ready and air quotes. You know, because sex sells. Uh, they had flash. They were supposed to have a lot of flasher uniforms, or so it was said to be. Uh, there was like different. Th- they did a lot of things differently that the NFL was trying to do. Like the coin toss was actually more of a fumble recovery. One player from each team basically chased the fumble down, and the winning team got to choose if they kicked or received. Okay. That's, that's uh, so- a different start to it. All right. Yeah, it was quite it was quite interesting to watch, you know, because they would choose like two of their fastest players and just be like, all right, go get it. (laughs) It's kind of of weird to watch the coin toss go out, though, because like, you know, Thanksgiving, for example, when we got Mm -hmm. together with the family. We we actually turned it into a bit of a sporting event for ourselves, making, you know, bets as to, you know, who was going to get the coin toss. We we wouldn't bet money. It would be things like who's getting the last piece of flipping pie and stuff. Stupid thing. Oh. So it's it's weird yeah, to see something yeah. that's kind of traditional be replaced. Yeah, it it was one of the things, but uh, we're time traveling a little bit in this episode, like you'll find out. That's called foreshadowing kids. Okay. Um, <clears throat> they also wanted to expand upon some of the actual major markets that the NFL didn't have. Uh, you know, a lot of big places that actually wanted the NFL places like Birmingham, Memphis, Orlando, and now Las Vegas too, which is actually the home of the new Raiders. I think I was actually share I shared that video of you where the Las Vegas Raiders had that brand new, like $1.8 billion uh, renovation. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess you were saying um, their, their, their building of it got put to a halt, didn't it? Well, it's almost done. It's almost actually done, but the coronavirus did slow it down quite a bit. Okay. But they still, yeah, yeah they still think it's going to be ready. Yeah, yeah they actually still think it's going to be ready. So. It has it has so many, I guess futuristic is the word I want to use, kind of uh, features to it that I'm not aware of any other any other fields that are like it. Oh, are you actually looking it up right now online? No, no, I'm I'm referring back to what you had sent me the uh, the oh, little video, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. which yeah, was kind of neat. <laughs> yeah, I I really wish that they would have uh, been able to show inside and not just those uh, artist renderings of of whatever. Yeah, that was uh, it was kind of a letdown, but at the same time, you 
you still got the idea of the magnitude that that it was going to present and how much how much effort and planning really went into it. Well, I mean, then again, you always you don't want to just reveal the big surprise on some random Joe Schmo's YouTube video. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, some other interesting things about the NFL, uh, the XFL that they were trying to bring to it is that the teams were not actually owned by individual players. They were owned by the league itself instead. Oh. Yeah. Uh, fun football fact coming your way here. The Green Bay Packers are the only team in the NFL that is actually owned by the fans and not an actual individual owner. Really? Yeah. Yep. They, uh, they, uh, everyone's, uh, I think it was a, uh, wow, I, Time is escaping me here, but the Packers needed some time. They needed to do some renovations on the stadium, so they made more stock to be an owner of the Packers. And within like two weeks, had raised all the necessary, had raised the millions and millions of dollars that they needed to overhaul the entire stadium. That's a hell of a fan base. Oh, Green Bay is hard. You think your Seattle fans are hardcore? <laughs> the Packers rival if not equal the um, Seattle fans because I know you guys have the 12th man and that shit is real oh god yes I mean we we can boast one thing we are the loudest fan base you are ever going to come across <laughs> well you remember because uh, I remember I showed you that video of Marshawn Lynch scoring that touchdown against the Saints oh, yes oh it was riveting <laughs> The fan reaction actually set off the Richter scale on that. Yes. Uh, I do believe there was something a few years ago about another team uh, claiming the Seahawks were piping in extra noise as a distraction. Yep. yep. Turned out to be false. Yeah. We're just that loud. You settle down now. Settle down. <laughs> You found my passion. So, so here comes here comes the foreshadowing, kids. The first season that the XFL actually hosted was back in 2001. Really? Yeah, we are going this far back. Uh, 2001 was during what is known as the World Wrestling Entertain. You know what? I'm going to call it the WWF. I don't care. It is the WWF to me. It was hosted during the <laughs> WWF's Attitude Era. Do you have any idea what that rings a bell of? No, that's uh, okay. that's new to me. So the attitude, if anybody's uh, any, if anybody is a sort of wrestling fan, they're always aware of what the Attitude Era was for the WWF, and it was just this bold, brash, hardcore era where things got as as I like to say, real serious. There was swearing. They really pushed the limits of what you could, like how South Park did that shit episode, uh, mm-hmm. you know. That's, that's what kind of, yeah, that's what the Attitude Era was doing with the WWF. They were really pushing the bounds of what could really be shown on TV a lot. You know, there's a whole bunch of swearing. They were uh, blading where they would cut themselves and they would bleed pretty heavily. Uh, you know, Stone Cold was just this brutal badass of an individual. Triple H was rocking his sledgehammer, hitting people with it. You know, just like the hardcore matches, the cage matches. This is when the WWF was just at its absolute most best. Uh, a lot of fans really agree that the Attitude Era was the ultimate era. Um, and and uh, this is a lot coming from my personal perspective. But, you know, they had a lot of these crazy ideas. And Vince McMahon wrote all of the stories. You know, a lot of people say wrestling is real, wrestling is fake. Some of it's done on the fly. Some of it's all choreographed. But Vince McMahon comes up with all these crazy ideas. And he helps, you know, meticulate what is called kayfabe or what is, you know, the 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 actors or the wrestlers and their acting stages and stuff like that. So, I mean, I've heard that there's a lot of improv. There is if you're if you're a good, decent wrestler and you have a lot of star power, they will let you they will let you kind of loosely talk it out between like, you know, when they clench up and they get together, they may be discussing whose move is next. Or while someone's like whiplash and somebody, they'd be like, Oh, clothesline me or something like that. And they'll come up with it on the fly. I think uh, one of the great matches between 
Um, I, who is it? Uh, who does that, that real big kick? He's got the chest hair. Uh, he's all about the love and stuff. Oh. No. Oh. Sh- Shawn Michaels. Thank you. Yeah, Shawn oh Michaels. There's There was a match that Shawn Michaels had that was completely improvised. Wow. Yeah, it was just completely improvised. And it was like, it's it, it's amazing. But, um, you know, they they had a lot of ideas. And this is where the XFL was getting a lot of their ideas. Like, there was a women's match. That, <laughs> like, they did lingerie matches all the time. Um, there was a, there were, hell, there was, there's a couple matches where they were, they, they, they weren't even matches. They were just parading women around and just bikinis and stuff like that they'd they'd all wear robes out and then the crowd would guess you know who's got the best bikini and this was all lived televised on air on like tnt and stuff and i kid you not one of the wrestlers uh one of the female wrestlers swimsuit or bikini that they wore was handprints on the breasts for her top and then she had a very tiny little thong on, and that was like her. That was it. That was just, so you can see where they got the idea for the camera in the cheerleaders room. Oh, oh, Karens across the world unite! <laughs> if if there were Karens back in the Attitude Era, <laughs> boy, I mean, you can hear it now, can't you? The sexism. Watching that. <laughs> ah, the, the 2001 was a psychotic era. Basically, if if what was airing back then would air now, it would have to be an off-the-air Netflix special because of how raunchy some of this shit was. Oh, definitely. I mean, look at some of the crap they've pulled from television that wasn't even half as bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, come on. They pulled Last Man Standing. You gotta be kidding. There's no way they'd allow something that scandalous. I'm gonna look that up now. I'm curious about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the the massive hope that Vince McMahon and a lot of the other people had was that they would be able to recreate a lot of what are called pops and heat from the squared circle. What is a pop, you ask? Well, a pop is uh, so Stone Cold. I'm sure you've heard of him, right? And you know his intro- introduction oh. music. Oh God, yeah, yeah. So anytime Stone Cold would come out of nowhere and the glass would break on the Megatron and people would hear his music and you would hear how loud the crowd popped, just that massive, rah, you know, when he would come in, that's a lot of what they were trying to create. And they wanted to get those pops out of the audience during the football games. And uh, Heat, you know who The Undertaker and Kane are, right? Oh, gosh, yes. Yes. So <laughs> let's say The Undertaker was the fan favorite during this little altercation that they were having. Kane starts beating up The Undertaker. Well, you know, all of a sudden, the crowd will start chanting, Undertaker, da, 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 Undertaker. Yeah. And they would start chanting that. That's called heat, where the crowd is on a specific person's side, and they're building that up. And then all of a sudden, the Undertaker gets a gets a quick shot in, drops a tombstone, three count, and then there's that pop because the Undertaker just miraculously beat Kane. Aha! Uh-huh. So they were trying to take that WWF star power and stuff like that, and just you know put it into something it wasn't. And they didn't lack star power either, because if you've ever watched wrestling, you know who Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler are. You know that duel. Yeah. There's they're as famous as John Madden and Pat Summerall. If you saw Jen Madden calling a game, Pat Summerall was at his side, just like Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, the king. You know, they were, and you know, they, how they brought Jesse Ventura in to call some games, too. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So they had, they had this legendary star power that they were able to bring to the table. And they also did, uh, you know, they had some good ideas, but some were trash. Like, for instance, the XFL football. It was basically an X. It was a regular football. It had some weird X design on it. The ball was a bit flashier, but apparently it was really slippery. Yeah, that really wasn't awesome. One of the one of the things that was actually nuanced with 
what I thought when, when reading about all this stuff was that the stadiums were actually a pretty damn big concern. Uh, now, remember, again, we're back in 2001. You Do you remember what turf was back in 2001? Oh. Basically, no, honestly, don't. They basically took fake grass and laid it over cement with very little cushioning. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Artificial Ooh. turf. Artificial. If if you go back and you look at some of the artificial turf games, uh, when when turf was first a thing, that it it it, it, it oh <laughs> it does not. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know why I was under the impression that it was, you know, like they had laid down basically uh sod grass. But I didn't realize that uh it was over cement. Yeah, the, yeah, artificial turf back in the day when it first made its debut was it was a faster playing surface. There's a lot of positives about, about it, but you really didn't want to get tackled. On that Astro, That's on that, uh, yeah, it was, it was horrendous. Um, uh, it's incentive. <laughs> it's incentive not to get tackled. Yeah. <laughs> so the XFL decided no, no artificial turf, nothing. They wanted all grass fields. Um, the only type of field that they allowed was just that natural grass. But back in 2001, no team could do a natural grass in a dome. It just it wasn't it wasn't something that they could do back in 2001. It didn't really go into detail why they couldn't do it back in 2001, but it was just one of those things that it, it might have been too much money, technologically difficult, or something like that. But they basically said, "Fine, everyone has a natural grass stadium." The only problem with that is that they wanted everything to be super uniform. Oh. Yeah. Like, have you ever gone to, have you ever seen a Bengals game or a Panthers game? Right? And well, you, a couple of times, yeah. And you take a look at the stadium. What What is all on the sides of the stadium? What do you see? Well, advertisement, I would think. Well, advertisement. You see the Carolina Panther all over. You know, the Bengals on all the sidings of the walls. They have the Bengals stripes. I mean, what's in the middle of Dallas's field? What's at the 50 oh, line of Di- Dallas? That's their star, isn't it? The big star. So when you look at it, it's yeah. Intimidation factor. The what? It's like an intimidation factor, basically stating you're on our turf. Yep. Well, the XFL was having none of that. They wanted everything really? to be all about the brand, all about the XFL. All right. Yeah. I kind of like that, actually. It, it's a good idea. And then um, you know how the home team and the away team kind of maybe are on whatever side they want to be, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Nope. Not with the XFL. The booth was on the left side of the stadium. Then the home team was always on the right side of the stadium because that way the home team would be more broadcast. Like the home team would get more audiences and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So they had a, they had a lot of, uh, they, they had these kind of nuances ideas because it's like, Oh, you know, they, they want to create heat. For the home team, you're seeing the home team, you're seeing all their players, you're seeing everything. They want to build the home team up. They are the good guys, essentially. You want that support system. Yes, exactly. They were building that support system. Nice. There was actually... It's good morale. Yeah, it really is good morale. I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from, but when you walk into a stadium, you want to know whose house you're in. Um, I don't know. I kind of like the equality of it. Because, you know, you really, really do want your fans getting into it. I, I, I mean, I understand that. But it's not always the home team fans that are sitting in, inside the stands. Oh, no. No, but it, it's, it's I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I do. But what would what would Seattle be? What would Seattle's claim to fame be without the 12th man? Tushin. Touche. What would the green? Yeah, what would the Green Bay Packers be without the Cheeseheads? Low blow, but thank you. Low blow. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Green Bay is better. We're gonna skim over that, anyways. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. stabbed in the back. Ah, that's what you get for being a dirty Seattle in. Yeah, well, are. screw you. You know we will fly to victory. <laughs> 
Hey, remember where your quarterback came from? He came from Wisconsin. Russell Wilson was born and bred Wisconsin. Yeah, and then he, he got it right, first. and he went to Seattle. All right, pressing on. We're done with this conversation here. <laughs> so there, there were definitely some changes in rules as well, too, that the XFL kind of brought to light. Scoring and overtime were a little bit different. Um, you know, I, I mean, we already kind of touched on the opening scramble that they had. So that was different as well, too. They called it the opening scramble, by the way, which is kind of weird. Uh, but there were no extra point kicks. Oh. If you scored a touchdown, you had to try for an extra point with an extra play. So instead of a two-point conversion, you lined up at the two-yard line and you tried for that seventh point. Uh, they thought kicking a field goal was basically a guaranteed point, which in all actuality, it pretty much is. Later on in the season, they brought in a two and a three-point conversion from various, for varying yards out. So you would back up even further for a two-point, and you would back up even further for the three-point conversion. And then you're, you know, you score another touchdown, you get two or th- you get one, two or three points. Okay. Yeah. NC uh, overtime worked a lot like the NCAA. You lined up at the 20-yard line, you had four chances to score. The NCAA rules were that, like, if, um, well, let's just take, for instance, you know, let's just take, for instance, uh, Nevada and California. So if it's tied up, they go into overtime. Nevada lines up at the 20. They score a touchdown in three plays. California has to turn around and either beat that or match that. And then they, they just continue to play until somebody is outscored in overtime. Okay. I think it's a lot more fair. Just simply because you take two teams who are doing real good together, you pit them together. Because, you know, in the NFL, it's if you win the coin toss, you drive down the field, you get within the 20, you're like, yeah, whatever, we'll just boot it through for the two, for the field goal, and then you're the first team to score, so you win. That's kind of... Um, yeah, the, I don't like the way the NFL does things. I like the idea of the 20-yard line and out. Just go, okay, you have four chances to score. You guys score a touchdown. Great. The other team has to score a touchdown to continue to be up with you. If they score a field goal, okay, well, you have you got you score a touchdown, you win. You know, you, you give both teams an equal chance to complete what they need to complete to do what they need to do. And, All right. Yeah, I mean, if, if two teams are evenly matched, and I don't know if you ever watched some overtimes, that shit gets insane. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a... Uh... That's sitting on the edge of your recliner watching it kind of uh, kind of insanity. That I, I mean, especially when you have two teams who are really well together and they just back and forth, back and forth. Oh, my goodness, it's amazing. Oh, I, I personally think the, uh, the best I had seen myself was uh, Denver Broncos versus Seattle Seahawks. They, they, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of people in the room. And a lot of people holding their breath through most of that game. It was uh, it was definitely interesting, considering we were split right down the middle as fans underneath that roof. Uh, yeah. Uh, dinner was quiet that night, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about the Charger game that went to like five overtimes or something like that? Oh my god. Yeah, oh there my was god. a. Yeah. <laughs> I, I even think that the charge I if I remember that game correctly because I, I watched it I watched a uh, an ESPN thing on it or a NFL Network thing on it they went to like four or five overtimes players were literally collapsing because they were so tired and it was a playoff game too. There are not enough buffalo wings and <laughs> and and chips and dip to survive through that. You're playing two whole football games. That's insane. And this was back when NFL was NFL. Not this really slow-paced three-and-a-half-hour games crap that they're doing now. But I, I think this was back in, like, the 70s or the 80s, oh too, when it happened. So this was back when the NFL was the NFL. Oh, I, I, I got to imagine there were there were probably some uh, some viewers out there who were getting a little uh, irritated. It was I from from all accounts, it's actually revealed as like one of the best games ever. Really? Oh my gosh, that would annoy me. Yeah. Well, it, it, they were they were doing so good. It, it wasn't like a low from from what I remember, like it was a decent scoring game too. Like it was just 
somebody would score then they'd go back and you know the teams would score to tie it up and it was just it was just a it was a battle like an entrenched battle and because it was a playoff game they could not stop until they had a winner Oh, you know, if I wanted to sit down and watch five, six hours of a sport that's going to move <laughs> like a slug, I'd watch baseball. I will never watch baseball again. That that that's it's a garbage sport. Oh, I mean, I understand its appeal. I really, really do. But there's a reason why football is so largely supported. I get that they call baseball the American sport. But I think somebody's lying. I would imagine somebody's lying too. I mean, we all know football is the American sport. Mm-hmm. Did I turn this off or did my control did my keyboard die? Chargers uh whoops, what is that? Uh fifth why is that that? And here Bambi says he was prepared. Sure. Oh, sh- I didn't think we'd talk about it. Fifth overtime game. Yeah, it was. it's called the Epic in Miami, January 2nd of 1982. Oh, yeah, okay. January 2nd, yeah, it was the, uh, the Miami. It, it was held in Miami, Florida. Um, it looks like, whoa, what is, okay, you know, we're going to turn it off. Oh, man, playing in Florida heat on top of all that? (laughs) Yeah, it, uh, it ended up being San Diego Chargers 41 to the Miami Dolphins 38. Oh, my God. The epic in Miami, it was, yeah, they, they, they went for quite, first quarter, second, uh, when the players, uh, yeah, um, overtime, third and fourth quarters, not much happened. Overtime, uh, with the players of both teams exhausted and dehydrated, everyone was hoping for a quick end to overtime. That would not be the case. San Diego won the coin toss, marched on the field, driving inside the Dolphins' 10. Bernishak then attempted a game-winning field goal, but a bad snap and poor hold threw off his timing, and the kick shelled wide left. Miami then drove deep into the Chargers' territory, setting up a 35-yarder, but the kick was low, and Leroy Jones managed to leap in the air and actually block it. Uh, San Diego took over at the 16-yard line, um, after the blocked field goal, and then uh, I, I guess some fouls then led his 74 yards to Miami's 10. They had blocked another another field goal after driving down the field, um, and but then in, uh, finally a kick was good after 13 oh 13 minutes and 52 seconds of overtime play. Never mind, my apologies. So it, it wasn't like a five overtime, but it was it was definitely one hell of a hell of an overtime game. Ah, okay, because I was gonna say, you know, if it was extending out that long, forget binge watching a TV series. I want to find that game and watch that. Yeah. So they they definitely had they definitely had some some issues going on there where they were playing a lot of football. Oh my gosh. A lot of football. Okay. That is absolute insanity. Oh, I know. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. So there was a lot of a lot of craziness that was going on with with everything. So um I, I definitely will say that it, it was it was a very, very worth the game to watch it here. Alright. Um so stadiums were a big concern. I'm I'm having some technical difficulty issues here, so I do apologize. Um <laughs> Scoring in overtime, we covered that. There were no extra kicks. We talked about that. NCAA rules. Ah, so did you know that the Canadians had a football league? Really? Yep. It's called the CFL, which is actually really fun to watch because it's a whole different game style. But something that the Canadian Football Team League does is that they allow some of their some of the players to have a head start. Um, where somebody can line up about five or six yards deep. And then what they'll do is they'll have that individual run up pretty hardcore on them. And they'll, they have this big running start to where they can, you know, be running down a field and then they snap it at like the perfect time. And then what happens is that they, they've got a receiver that's got a head start on everything. So, that's something else that they added in too, where they're like, okay, well, so and so can get a running head start, no big deal, we'll call it a day. Well, that's awfully polite of them. Yeah. Um, 
there are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of other changes that you guys probably heard me connecting some other stuff. Don't worry about it. That was just me trying to solve this technical difficulty as we're having this podcast, which I'm not going to edit out because we are one take and one take only here in this family. So when uh, when that was something that they actually stole from the Canadian League, it actually helps out fairly well at bringing a lot of things into the game where all of a sudden, you know, it's just like, oh, that, you know, this guy's charging up. He's got a lot of time frame and just, poof, he can take off because they'll be at full speed by the time they hit that line and they can just take off like nobody's business. So it's pretty awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, okay. So they did have uh, they did have a whole bunch of nightmares about punning. I it was like three paragraphs about what punning can and can't do. So I'm just saying punning is a nightmare. Okay. So they had a lot of interesting things that were changing. Now, the initial start to the NFL was actually astonishing. People liked it a lot. You want to know what they contributed to the NFL, though? What? The Skycam. Oh. The XFL introduced the Skycam. Okay. Yeah, so they actually brought the Skycam um, to to the game, which was pretty awesome. It was one of the inventions that they that they brought over to the game uh, that the NFL was just like, yep, no, that's ours now. Uh, the games actually <laughs> quickly dwindled. Like, it, it started to suck fast. Um, at the XFL and NBC, or Vince McMahon and the NBC, actually lost a reported $35 million out of their oh. $100 million out of their $100 million investment that they originally made. They were doing okay compared to what they thought they did. Attendance was at about 90% of what they estimated it to be, but their projections were pretty uh, gratuitous to begin with. Um, it, like They were like, it's going to be hot garbage, but it's not going to be that hot. It's, it's going to be okay garbage. So... <laughs> It's you know. not garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was actually, I was at, there, there was a little tidbit that they threw in there that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, do you know what a rating is? Like a TV rating? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They actually set a record. The record that they set was for a, uh, the record setting, it's a note of the game, blah, 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 for a major primetime sports network a primetime sports television network spot was a 1.5. Oh, okay. No, that's actually horrible. Okay. No, yeah. no. <laughs> I I was not expecting something so, you know, I'm at a loss for a word, but so I, I think devastating. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Um, so I actually did a little bit of research because I, I, I saw 1.5 and I was like, that's got to be bad. I was like, how bad is bad, though? Um, so looking into it, so like I said, I did some digging and apparently the rating is basically a percentage of an age group that watched the show. Like, for example, the show The Masked Singer gets an, uh, gets an average rating of a 2.0. That means 2% of adults aged 18 to 19 and women aged 25 to 54 watched the event, AKA 2.56 million people. Apparently each point is about equal. I'm sorry. (laughs) I have one 10 year old in my house. Yeah. And and one 10 year old. Um, So one of the, (laughs) you there with me? Yeah, I'm right Uh, here. uh, I, I thought you had disappeared. You're the, the, it did the weird thing that it usually does sometimes. Um, yeah, my connection is everywhere today. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see what we'll see what we can do about that. But um, I was looking into it, and it, it's like one percent or one point is one point two eight million people, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, when you, when we look at everything combined. Uh, it breaks down to basically, uh, uh, on average here, it, it breaks down to 1.28 million per people. Uh, and this was actually sourced from something from a website called HollywoodReporter.com, where they basically kind of did an in-depth dive. Now, just kind of for reference, and to put it in perspective, the worst 
the worst 2019 NFL game between the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars, which was a Thursday night game, which isn't the best. Thursday night games aren't the best, but the Thursday night game was a 3.8. That was their worst, the worst NFL game. Oh my. Okay. You're right. That is a, that's a fantastic example right there. Just to give that perspective. Oh, uh, you don't even want to know what some of the best games were. Like, I was looking through, like, I had to, I scoured through a whole bunch of games. Uh, the Pro Bowl, I think, was like a 7.7. 7. Um, the Super Bowl was, the Super Bowl was the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think there was a Packers-Bears game that was at, like, 40.5 or something like that. Um, <laughs> the average NFL game was, like, within 10 to 30 range if it was like a decent game oh my god yeah like there's a cincinnati baltimore game that was at like 6.8 i'm like how could it get worse than 6.8 and then i saw like a denver game that was at like four point something i was like oh we're going down south here and then finally i came across the the tennessee titans versus the jacksonville jaguars at that 3.8 so i was like all right this is where we're at <laughs> oh wow so not as successful as uh, as they had hoped. Nope. The average XFL game was under a 1.0 viewership rating from there afterwards. Wow. That had to have hurt someone's ego. A little bit. Um, but there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. You've heard of March Madness, right? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Yes, trust me. We we know what that is. I I get a, uh, I get phone calls from my mother during that time frame a lot. But yes, do continue. <laughs> well, the Super Bowl is usually at the end of January, and then the mm-hmm. XFL usually they was basically going to start right around February time frame. February is the big month leading into March Madness because how well all the basketball teams are doing in March Madness really puts a pivot onto how well they do in the March Madness tournament. So right as the the NCAA is dwindling down, is, is really starting to ramp up because a lot of the games are really starting to matter, the XFL's like, hey, let's put out a let's put out a thing. I don't even like basketball. I don't even like NBA basketball. I don't even like college sports that much. I know what NCAA t- March Madness is. I bet on brackets all the time. I, I don't remember a single year that I didn't work at that one call center where one of my one of my buddies came up to me the first year I was working there. He's like, hey, you ever heard of March Madness? I'm like, do I live under a rock? Yeah. Because like, hey, do you want to build a bracket for like five bucks? I was like, sure. I don't know what that is, but I'll do it. It sounds fun. <laughs> sounds fun. <laughs> so uh, HR, you can you can so not eager. add me there. But yeah, so I, I think that that the, the, there was kind of a snippet about how March Madness really tied into it and how March Madness really brought a peak to it. And so I, I think with just the basic fact that the combination of the failed NFL players who were in the league uh, that was actually supposed to be, quote, X rated, hence the XFL, with all the craziness, it turned out to be just one of those things, which, in my personal opinion, and this is the reason why I think it came to be. It was a place for up and coming kids or adults to try to show off their skills to get into the NFL. Okay, so just kind of a oh, kind of like a stepping stone after college or oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The draft. Come on. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, how how would you feel? You're not good enough to be, you're not that, you're you're just good enough to be in the NFL, but they cut you. Then all of a sudden someone's like, hey, do you want to be on TV? Do you want to play for this XFL game? Do you want to do this? And then you could really show off your skills and show that coach who cut you that, no, you should have been taken seriously. Oh, like what? Like like what? What do you, what do you expect is going to be happening? Like that's that's where I think a lot of this it fell short because you know, there was supposed to be this violence that was promised. There was supposed to be this craziness and all this other competitiveness that was really supposed to be on display. But it was just a bunch of dudes playing football, some of whom were like fourth or fifth string NFL players who were cut. I mean, and you could see the players that were NFL quality 
on there. They outclassed everybody. It it'd be like the NFL going, "Hey, do you want to play against some? And do you want to play against the NCAA?" It's like, <laughs> yeah, we'll take a free win. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> oh, terrible. So it 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 was kind of a, a chance for those guys who were cut to to still sort sort of stay in the game. Yeah. So it, it was it was it was definitely one of those to try to stay in the game, and it was it's definitely one of those that um, you know you're you're definitely trying to to show yourself off and to, to be this, to be this person that you may not be, uh, you know, or this person that you want to be in the XFL, um, that you want to be in the NFL, not the XFL, sorry, getting the two mixed up here, but it, it, it was basically from my personal opinion, it was a high school football game with your backyard buddies. That's what the XFL kind of came off to me as. Oh, you know, kind of amateur. Very, very amateur. So there was, but it was still, it was still in its infancy too, though, right? It, well, here's the thing. Um, it it had its moments, but it was by far definitely not what the NFL was. With a lackluster year, the NBC backed out of the deal. There was actually a contingency to continue to carry on, but because of how bad everything else was, and a lot of the backers wanted to know that their investment would be safe. No deals could be reached, and the second season was impossible, and no, there was no second season. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, kids, are you ready for a little bit of advertising? <laughs> yeah, that's right. We don't actually have advertisements, so whatever, because <laughs> no one has, no one actually wants to advertise on this. So we're on to part two here. So fast forward. January 25th of 2018, the newly minted Alpha Entertainment Group which was another one of Vince McMahon's many creations, was actually founded a year prior, uh, announced to the revival of the XFL. Though it wasn't going to be the same kind of organization it was before, it's, it's, it was more of a rebirth, is what the XFL was trying to brand. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't going to rely on gimmicky wrestling things that it was going to, you know, that it was trying to go off of with its old school thing. It was going to be a more actual, genuine football league. They wanted to basically take what the NFL was and could be and refine it down to its most basic elements. They wanted to make the game faster, less political, and they wanted it to be about the main thing that sports is supposed to do: entertain you. So they want, you know, with how the NFL is take, and I mean, given the current situation, it's a little bit different, but how with the NFL used to take stances on things, they used to just be, you know, they could get a little political and stuff like that. The XFL wanted to just simply refine everything down to his most basic form. We are the XFL. We will play football. We will entertain you. We will make it fun. And you can just forget about whatever you wanted to forget about for the next half hour, two hours. So it was about the sport and the sport alone. It was about this. They wanted to refine it down to the, what the sport was and the sport alone. They revamped so many things from what the XFL was to what it actually is now. They had more modernized and quite interesting jerseys. I mean, the jerseys back in 2001 were your very typical 2001 jerseys. These new jerseys, if you look up some of the team names and I'll let you do that after the fact, are ridiculous. Were ridiculously. Some of them were a little bit overcomplicated, but they were cool nonetheless. I. They were very cool nonetheless. Um, the players actually had time to practice to become an actual team. Back in 2001, some of these people never even practiced or played together. Oh. Yeah. Like their first football game was their first football game actually playing with another member of the team. That just sounds like a hot, wet mess. Yeah, apparently they thought it would be super fun and easy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The teams were actually coached by quite credible real coaches. Like, you could be like, yeah, no, I could see that guy doing something like that. You know, Um, the players were drafted out of a lottery. Like, everybody everybody joined the league, 
And then what all these head coaches did is they were part of a lottery system where one team got one guy, the another, you know, another team was second pick and they just went down and built their, they built their team off of the fat, like a fantasy roster would from all the available players. Okay. Yeah. So it, they really started to take what the XFL kind of was and turn it into more of a real football league than what it was before. They, they were really starting to form everything. The new XFL had other rule changes as well, too. I was actually talking to you, this, and this is what actually kicked it all off, was remember how I was telling you about the kickoffs? Yeah. Kickers and return men are the only ones allowed to move until the ball has been caught by the return man or has hit the ground for three seconds. Okay. They, uh, they line up on, uh, if the kick is actually short or if it goes out of bounds, the ball is placed on the 45-yard line of the receiving team's field. So the, the kicker actually has quite the incentive to get it to where it needs to be. I think they have like a 20 or 30 yard uh, frame to get the ball in. There are two different actual kinds of touchbacks. Uh, one of the touchbacks was out to the 35 and another touchback goes to the 15. I forget which was which. I forgot that there's a lot of rules that I'm kind of just skimming over because it's just a lot of nonsense. Um, there are also some major differences uh, between the tacklers and defenders. You know how most kickoffs are just these massive collaborations of uh, we're going to all run to this one spot and hit all together, right? Oh, yeah. The, the clash of the titans. That's a thing of the past. They line up 10 yards apart from each other, and they have to wait to move. It, it opens up the game for a lot of big returns. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like... I think it's like at the 35 is where the receiving team's line is. And then at like the 45 or something like that is where the, uh, is where the defending teams is. And then when they, when the kickoff comes and the receiver catches it, that's when the, the wall kind of closes in around it. And it, it, it really makes it, 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 I I've watched a couple of kickoffs. I'll tell you, it doesn't seem like it's going to make a world of difference, but it does. It really does open the game up a lot more. I mean, a lot of a lot more kickoffs were returned to like the 40-yard line. There are some pretty big breaks, and if I even recall correctly, there may have been a kick return. Okay. So uh, there's a, a double forward pass too. So a, a double what? forward pass. So okay. basically, if I'm seven steps drop. If I do a seven-step drop, I could throw it out to a wideout who's behind line of scrimmage. He could catch it and then throw it to another wide receiver as long as he doesn't pass the line of scrimmage. All right. Yeah. All the right. clock actually runs different, too. It is a continuous run with no stops until you hit the two-minute warning. Once the two-minute warning hits, they stop after each play. So no more of this hurry-up wow. offense kind of you know two-minute drill. After each play, after the two-minute warning, all play stops. Um, the clock, okay. the play clock is only 25 seconds, and it only starts once the ball is spotted and placed. And then once it's spotted and placed, you have 25 seconds to snap it. So they're really trying to, you know, get that fast-paced game in there. Um, the all two right. teams are actually – oh, sorry. So is it a uh, – does it make for a shorter game? Yes. Okay. Um, a lot of the games that I see, because a lot of them are actually on YouTube if you want to watch them, they're about two and a half, two and a half, two hours long. Well, and you, you got to also take into account halftime. Like halftime with the NFL is, uh... <laughs> okay, one of those. Okay, halftime's on. Go grab something to munch on. Bathroom break, and then come back. I, I don't know many people who will actually sit and watch it anymore. So do they have halftime the same way the NFL does, where it's just long, drawn out? Not really. Not from what I've noticed. Uh, the, the few games that I actually have noticed or played, there is like a 20, 30-minute break in between halftime, but it's not the big spectacle that the NFL puts on. They do give the players at least a little bit of a break, but it's not this three-and-a-half-hour-long production that the NFL is per game. It's like a two-hour so game. So no wardrobe you know? malfunctions. <laughs> Not many, no. <laughs> Sorry, Janet Jackson, you'll never live it down. <laughs> it wasn't even that beautiful either. No. I I firmly believe that that was that was a legitimate happening. There's no way she wears that little purple shiny bedazzly crap if she didn't know some shit was gonna happen. I don't know uh, that look. It was Justin Timberlake, wasn't it? 
Timberlake pulled it off without her knowing quote now that look on his face if if you viewed it you can see it he looked mortified but here's my question here's my thing why would you janet jackson of all people wear that little bedazzly thing around that janet jackson yeah but you're not showing it off to anybody like you're wearing it during the halftime show. It <laughs> It's not like it's not like the performer really gets to pick their own wardrobe though. They have designers who determine what they're going to wear when they go out on stage. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the thing that was around her her pointy bit. Oh. Okay. I apologize. Yeah, cuz I had to look at the photo because I'm, I'm, I'm a man and I have things I need to do for research purposes. Yeah. So when when he ripped it off, it wasn't a piercing. It was like a I don't know how to describe it because I don't know what the, what it is. But it's basically like somebody slapped a sticker. An what? accessory. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was it was like somebody glued an accessory around. Her, her 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 little pointy points and it's like yeah this is a good thing to wear like it wasn't it wasn't a piercing but it was just like yeah it, it, it was an accessory that she chose to wear now I get it you don't always get to wear stuff or you don't get to wear what you want to wear but why would you wear right. that accessory knowing that no one's going to see it underneath your stuff uh, okay yeah yeah, I, I guess I guess I can I can see your point. Okay, so you think like it's I mean, all PR work. I think it was all PR. I think it was all PR. Like, cause like it, if they're just gonna show a naked boob, it's eh, it was a boob. But you see the little accessory around it, and you're kind of like she planned on doing that. Like, I mean, I get it if somebody has piercings in the nanu nanu parts. I get it. Right, that's 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 a you choice. You do you. I, people aren't really gonna see that, but like if you bedazzle something, bedazzling doesn't stay on for very long. <laughs> from <doesn't>. experience, <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, if you bedazzle a nanu nanu zone, you're not gonna walk around downtown Los Angeles with your nanu nanu parts bedazzled under all that clothing. Yeah. No, I. Uh... Uh, so I, I had to pull the I had to pull up the the photos myself just because I wanna I wanna definitely be on point with you. You're absolutely right. I mean you you are one hundred percent right. And looking at some of those pictures now, I mean there's one in particular where she's covering herself up. But there is a look on Timberlake's face that's like, uh oh <laughs> I mean Timberlake probably didn't know that it was gonna happen. But Janet, I know Janet, Janet had to know that that was going to happen. She's like, I'm going to make this maybe happen. And I'm going to show my hoo-ha to the fucking world. No, no, hoo-ha's down south, darling. Oh, what? Her fun bags. Fine. <laughs> her dirty pillows. <laughs> her dirty pillows. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, that's enough TNA. <laughs> okay, any who's a Watsits. No more Janet Jackson. But, um... There's so you know they had a uh, and then also uh, replays are actually they don't have they have two timeouts instead of the three okay. and then each uh, replay instant replays are literally relegated to sixty seconds and there are no challenge flags the sky cam or the sky judge is the one that rules over everything so if they think something needs a closer look they call a uh, an instant replay timeout. And then they have 60 seconds to review it. If they cannot determine what happened in 60 seconds, the play is as it stands and they continue on. Okay. Or that's what how it's supposed to work in theory. In theory. In theory. So there's actually there's uh, two divisions, the East and the West division. Um, and they, I, I, the only reason why I highlight this is because I really didn't like the old school teams as much as I like the new school teams. So the four play for the four teams for the Western for the Western Division are the Dallas Renegades, the Houston Roughnecks, the Los Angeles Wildcats, and the Seattle Dragons. Yay! 
I highly encourage you to look up the Seattle Dragons. They have already on it. Already on it. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty awesome. In the Eastern Division, you've got the DC Defenders, the New York Guardians, the St. Louis Battlehawks, and the Tampa Bay Vipers. The St. Louis Battlehawks, they did a piece on uh, football coming to back to St. Louis. Oh. It the the overwhelming welcoming, overwhelming welcome. Like it, it was, it was a lot. Of, it was, it was really good. Um, so a lot of people were pretty, hum, uh, pretty pumped and excited about the XFL coming back because they made basically what the, the, the kind of chronological order of the way they did things was out of nowhere. Vince McMahon is like, we're bringing back the XFL. And it's like, Oh God, not this again. And then he's like, we're <laughs> proud to present it and do this, do that. I'm thinking, oh my God, not this disaster again. What are you doing? Like, didn't you learn the first time, old man? (laughs) Stay down. And then he lays out his plans. And then they show a little bit more about it. And then a little bit more about it. And I'm like, yeah, bro, this could work. Yeah, bro, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, this is real cool. Holy bananas. Really? Like, it was really gaining the momentum. It had a pretty good inception. A lot of people were actually very pleased about it. Um, I was reading about a couple of the, po- there's a couple of positive reviews and a lot of people, there weren't really that many negative reviews. There was a lot of, um, there's a lot of, uh, ambiguous reviews, if you will. A lot of reviews that would kind of go back and forth. It was, it was not positive, but it was not negative, but it was optimistic. A lot of people were very optimistic about it. Um, it wasn't a diamond in the rough, but it was definitely something shiny. That appeals to a whole new fan base. I, I can't see mm-hmm. some of the 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 older generations who were brought up with, you know, what I'm going to refer to as real football, you know, <laughs> taking to this, but I could definitely see them picking up a new type of fan base. Well, it, it did have a lot it, it I did watch a couple XFL games and I'd watch it. Yeah? Oh I'd oh yeah, it 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 was it was like watching an arena football game. All right. They weren't NFL they weren't NFL quality, but damn were they good in the arena. Okay, now see, now that you've explained it being like arena football, I have a better idea of the gist, I guess you could say. Well, it's not arena football, but like have you ever watched an arena football game? I've I've seen one. Uh and it was it was uh here comes my age again. It was many Many, many, many moons ago. (laughs) (laughs) But I I do remember it having, uh, it had a different feel to it. Yeah, it's definitely a different feel. It is, it is straight up like the NFL, 11 players. You know, it is is very NFL. They basically copy pasted, changed some stuff to make it look like it wasn't, you know, I copy pasted your homework to make it look like I didn't cheat. Yeah. Um, But. If you've ever watched an arena football game or you've ever watched a really good sport that was like a B team or that was like a minor leagues or something like that, where it wasn't the official, but you're like, damn, you guys are good at it. That's kind of how the XFL felt. It was like, you guys aren't NFL quality, but damn, this is some good football watch. All right. uh, You know, and having you, I guess, give your review I, I definitely, myself personally, I'd sit down and watch one just to kind of get my own opinion. And then the coronavirus hit. Oh, and how did that affect it? They instantly stopped playing games, and oh. here we are. Because this all had, the XFL made its comeback this year. Oh, knuckin' butts, which probably means they ended up laying off employees. Yep. So the XFL never fully got to be what it wanted to be, and Vince McMahon was thwarted again. But with its positive reception and a lot of the positivity that was going on, it is definitely one of those things where I'm really hoping that they try again because there were so many good things that the XFL brought to the table and nuances and all the nice things that the XFL was doing and all the cool things that was being done. Oh, I am so pissed. It, I, I, it was so nice. It, it, it was like, dude, you did good. Like Vince McMahon, 
you wrote a story that was good, but your cable company took a dookie and now you can't, and now you can't finish. It's like hitting to the crescendo and you're just like, and my batteries are dead. Where's my batteries? I don't have any batteries. What the hell? And you're on an Island with no batteries. Is Is there a possibility this could be the cosmos telling Vince stay down? I'm not sure. But he did – I'm so proud of the man. I will just say that much. I am super proud of Vince McMahon and everything he's done. Oh, like, I mean, third time's a charm. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. But it's just – this time I did follow a lot of it, and I thought it was quite flawlessly executed for what they were doing. Well, you know, it just uh, just because of sheer curiosity, I really do hope it, it makes – one more comeback because I honestly I'd really like to be able to sit down and you know at least watch one just just at least one so that I can see what the hey this is all about. Well, you've uh, you told me you got that Roku a while back for your yeah. TV, right? Yeah. Yeah. If I I don't know if you guys if you have a YouTube app, but if you go to YouTube and you literally just type in XFL, there are plenty of game highlights. I think they've actually got a couple of actual games on there where they're the full games, the full like two and a half hour games, and you can watch the whole thing through and through. Well, I know what I'm doing with a day off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to turn my phone off and watch football. (laughs) So, just kind of for um, just kind of for did you now that you've learned about the XFL did you like it? Definitely, uh, it's piqued my interest. I, I can't, I can't really give a yay or a nay until I've actually had some form of a, a real experience with it. But I definitely, uh, I definitely want to learn more about it, and I certainly want to watch a game. Well, for sure, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to research this for a while. But uh, so, yeah, everybody. That concludes podcast number 23 out of the 52 that I'm going to try to do. So, again, this was just something new that I'm deciding to do. I wanted to uh, try to make it, you know, something that uh, was a little different and something that, you know, could spark a lot of people's interests and stuff like that. So I really hope everyone's enjoyed everything. I really hope that you guys have a great rest of the day. Oh, remember, we're on Facebook, Parrot Gaming Productions. Again, Parrot Gaming Productions. I will be there all day, every day. Um, and if you want to be a sponsor, as always, like I say, Noodles and Company, Subway, and Herberts and Gerberts gift cards. $15 minimum, kids, because I like me some fat kid food. Anyway, this is Parrot Gaming uh, Productions and... No, she's Tara. not going to say it. Oh, there, yeah, <laughs> she's not going to say it. Parrot Gaming Productions. Yeah, thank you. Parrot Gaming Productions and Tara. Signing off. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you later.